Hello and welcome to episode 650 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this evening. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Tuesday, September 12th, 2023, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ, the feast of the most holy name of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Let us begin with the Tuesday prayer to the Blessed Virgin Mary to obtain a good death. O Mary, how shall I die? Even now that I think of my sins and of that decisive moment on which my salvation or eternal damnation depends, of that moment which I must expire and be judged, I tremble and am confounded. O my most sweet mother, my hopes are in the blood of Jesus Christ and in thy intercession. O comfortress of the afflicted, do not then abandon me. Cease not to console me in that moment of so great affliction. If I am now so tormented by remorse for sins committed, the uncertainty of pardon, the danger of relapse, and the rigor of divine justice, what will become of me then? Unless thou helpest me, I shall be lost. Ah, my lady, before death, obtain me great sorrow for my sins, thorough amendment, and fidelity to God during the remainder of my life. And when my last moment arrives, O Mary, my hope, help me in the great distress in which I shall then be. Encourage me that I may not despair at the sight of my sins, which the devil will place before me. Obtain that I may then invoke thee more frequently, so that I may expire with thy most sweet name and that of thy beloved Son on my lips. Nay more, my lady, but forgive my boldness. Before I expire, do thou come thyself and comfort me with thy presence. Thou hast granted this favor to so many of thy devout servants. I also desire and hope it. I am a sinner, it is true. I do not deserve so great a favor, but I am thy servant, love thee, and have full confidence in thee. O Mary, I shall expect thee. Do not disappoint me of this consolation. At least if I am not worthy of so great a favor, do thou help me from heaven, that I may leave this life loving God in thee, to love thee eternally in paradise. And today, friends, with it being a special feast for Our Lady, we are going to take a look at an article from the excellentfisheaters.com entitled The Feast of the Most Holy Name of Mary. As a practitioner of the Old Testament faith, which is fulfilled in the new covenant, Mary would have been named on the eighth day after her birth. Because of this, today's feast originally took place on the 15th of September, the octave of the feast of Mary's nativity on September 8th. It was also originally a local feast, one celebrated only in the kingdom of Naples and in Spain, but Pope Innocent XI extended the feast to the entire church, and Pope St. Pius X fixed the date at September 12th. Why this date? Here is the story. In 1529, 100,000 Turks of the Ottoman Empire held the city of Vienna under siege, but the Christians were able to rally and take the city back with only 21,000 men. This sort of hectoring by the Ottomans had been going on for 150 years. And for the 150 years that followed the siege of Vienna, the Turks kept trying, wanting to use Vienna as a foothold from which to further invade and capture the rest of Europe. They armed the enemies of the Holy Roman Empire, even using Protestant traitors in their cause. And if I could add, friends, isn't it intriguing that Muslims had been trying to overtake Europe for centuries, and now they're doing it simply by replacement? Christians stopped practicing Christianity, stopped having kids, and Europeans opened the doors wide to Muslims to come into their countries. And now they're taking over and rioting and committing crimes and doing everything else. 
to continue. In 1683, they tried yet again to seize Vienna. On July 14 of that year, around 170,000 Turks took hold of the city, but the Christians, all 15,000 of them, along with 8,700 volunteers, refused to cede, even if they'd wanted to. They knew it would do no good and bring no peace. Not even a week earlier, the Turks demanded that the citizens of a smaller town outside of Vienna give them the key to the city or be killed. The residents gave up the key and were slaughtered anyway. The Turks cut off Vienna's food supply. The men were hungry and tired. Their temporal defenses were wearing very, very thin. But to the rescue came King John III Sobieski of Poland, with forces also from Saxony, Bavaria, Baden, Franconia, and Swabia. Leaving on the Feast of the Assumption, they crossed the Danube on September 6 and signaled to the Viennese that they were there. The Viennese sent out a Vienna-based Polish diplomat named Jerzy Franciszek Kulzeshito to get around the Turkish troops and meet up with the newly arrived Christian troops, arranging with them a time for a coordinated attack. The papal envoy sent to Emperor Leopold I, a Capuchin friar named Marco D'Aviano, rallied the troops, offered mass, and the Poles sang an ancient hymn to the Blessed Virgin Mary, a hymn called the Borogodisha, Mother of God. Now consider the national hymn of Poland, and I apologize wholeheartedly if I mispronounce that. I am half Polish and half Irish, ethnically speaking, but um, don't know much Polish. And on the website, if you'd like to go to fisheaters.com for this feast day, there is a audio file that you can play with the song. By September 12th, the Christians had defeated the Muslims so badly that it was finally the end of their incessant attempts at taking Europe. So September 12th it is. Customs. Today's the day for eating croissants and drinking cappuccino. The English translation of La Russe Gastronomique explains the former. This delicious pastry originally originated in Budapest in 1686 when the Turks were besieging the city. To reach the center of the town, they dug underground passages. Bakers, working during the night, heard the noise made by the Turks and gave the alarm. The assailants were repulsed, and the bakers, who had saved the city, were granted the privilege of making a special pastry, which had to take the form of a crescent in memory of the emblem on the Ottoman flag. Okay, so Larousse got the year and the city wrong, but the song remains the same. And we can't expect chefs to be historians. But while you're savoring the buttery goodness of your croissant, ponder the fact that the Muslim crescent moon is waning, decreasing in power with the light to the left, about to disappear altogether as a symbol for Mary. The crescent moon is waxing, becoming greater and greater to fullness with the light to the right, just as it should be. As to the cappuccino, the story goes that after the battle, the people of Vienna discovered many bags of coffee left behind by the coffee-loving Turks. Franciszek Jerzy Kolsicki, the Pole who went on the spy mission mentioned earlier, opened the first coffee house in Vienna. There he is said to have invented cappuccino, naming it in honor of Marco D'Aviano, the Capuchin friar who offered mass before the battle. Another version of the story, his father D'Aviano himself inventing the drink, but in either case, cappuccino is named for Father D'Aviano, who was beatified in 2003. While you're enjoying your coffee and croissant, you might also listen to this work from Austrian composer Johann Joseph Fuchs, 
a section of his Symphonia A3 in C major, K.331, is called Turkaria, Musical Portrait of the Siege of Vienna by the Turks in 1683 to commemorate the Battle of Vienna. Listen below, and another audio file is given. The crushing of the Ottomans is not only the reason for the date of this feast, but it's also reflected in the naming of the constellation Scutum, which you can find when Sagittarius is visible in the sky. A hyperlink is given. It's a diamond-shaped constellation discovered the year after the Battle of Vienna, located between Serpens and Aquila. Scutum means shield, and its name was given to it in honor of King John III Sobieski and his victory over the Muslim aggressors. Now let's put aside the battles, croissants, and tasty Italian beverages and get back to the most holy name of Our Lady. And we will conclude with a reading for the Feast of the Most Holy Name of Mary by Dom Guaranger. And the Virgin's name was Mary. Let us speak a little more about this name, which signifies Star of the Sea, and which so well befits the Virgin Mother. Rightly is she likened to a star. For as a star emits its ray without being dimmed, so the Virgin brought forth her son without receiving any injury. The ray takes not from the brightness of the star, nor the sun from his mother's integrity. This is the noble star risen out of Jacob, whose ray illumines the whole world, whose splendor shines in the heavens, penetrates the abyss, and traversing the whole world gives warmth rather to souls than to bodies, cherishing virtues, withering vices. Mary, I say, is that bright and incomparable star whom we need to see raised above this vast sea shining by her merits and giving us light by her example. O oh, whosoever thou art that seest thyself amid the tides of this world, tossed about by storms and tempests rather than walking on the land, turn not thine eyes away from the shining of the star, if thou wouldest not be overwhelmed by the hurricane. If squalls of temptations arise, or thou fall upon the rocks of tribulation, look to the star, call upon Mary. If thou art tossed by the waves of pride or ambition, detraction or envy, look to the star, call upon Mary. If anger or avarice or the desires of the flesh dash against the ship of thy soul, turn thine eyes towards Mary. If, troubled by the enormity of thy crimes, ashamed of thy guilty conscience, terrified by dread of the judgment, thou beginnest to sink into the gulf of sadness or the abyss of despair, think of Mary in dangers, in anguish, in doubt. Think of Mary, call upon Mary. Let her be ever on thy lips, ever in thy heart, and the better to obtain the help of her prayers, imitate the example of her life. Following her thou strayest not, invoking her thou despairest not, thinking of her thou wanderest not, upheld by her thou fallest not, shielded by her thou fearest not, guided by her thou growest not weary, favored by her thou readiest the goal. And thus dost thou experience in thyself how good is that saying, and the Virgin's name was Mary. Thus speaks the devout St. Bernard in the name of the Church, but his pious explanation does not exhaust the meanings of this blessed name of Mary. St. Peter Chrysologus adds in this same night office, Mary in Hebrew signifies lady or sovereign, and truly the authority of her son, who is the Lord of the world, constituted her queen, both in fact and in name from her very birth. Our Lady, 
Such is the title which befits her in every way, as that of our Lord beseems her son. It is the doctrinal basis of that worship of hyperdulia, which belongs to her alone. She is below her son, whom she adores as we do, but above all God's servants, both angels and men, inasmuch as she is his mother. At the name of Jesus, every knee is bent. At the name of Mary, every head is bowed. And although the former is the only name whereby we may be saved, yet as the Son was never to be separated from his mother, heaven unites their two names in its hymns of praise, earth in its confidence, hell in its fear and hatred. It was therefore in the order of divine providence that devotion to the most holy name of Mary should spread simultaneously with the cultus of the adorable name of Jesus, of which St. Bernardine of Siena was the apostle in the 15th century. In 1513, the Church of Cuenca in Spain was the first to celebrate with the approbation of the Holy See, a special feast in honor of the name of Mary, while the Franciscan order had not yet succeeded in obtaining a like privilege for the adorable name of Jesus. The reason of this is that the memory of that sacred name included in the Feast of the Circumcision seemed to the prudence of the pontiffs to suffice. From the same motive, we find the Feast of the Most Holy Name of Mary extended to the Universal Church in the year 1683, and that of the Most Holy Name of Jesus not until 1721. Our Lady justifies her beautiful title by partaking in the warlike exploits of the King of Kings, her son. The city of Vienna, having been delivered by her, Contrary to all hope, from the power of the crescent, the venerable Innocent XI made this feast the memorial of universal gratitude to the liberatrix of the West. Let us pray that Catholics in Europe and around the world have the courage to stand up to Muslims, have the courage to stand up to Jews, have the courage to stand up to Protestants, have the courage to stand up to the Orthodox, have the courage to stand up to atheists, have the courage to stand up to anyone who is not Catholic and correct them in all fraternal charity where they are wrong, but to call them to repent and believe in the gospel. It is our Lord's will that every man, woman, and child on earth become Catholic and those who are away from the faith to come back. The Blessed Mother is the means our Lord is using. So pray that rosary every single day. The Mother of God is so powerful, and the name of the Blessed Virgin Mary is so powerful. The demons are humiliated by her and terrified by her. They shriek. I heard that story in a lifestyle, or excuse me, life site news article, a layman who's president at exorcisms, who helps the priest, said the demons literally shriek when the rosary is prayed. So pray that rosary every single day. Love Our Lady more and more every single day. Ask God for the grace to love her more. And ask Our Lady for the grace to love our Lord more and more every single day. Let us conclude, friends by mentioning helping autism through learning and outreach and ask for the grace to love St. Joseph more too, by the way. That's H-A-L-O hyphen S-O-M-A dot org. H-A-L-O hyphen S-O-M-A 
org, And please tune into episodes 277 and 548 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast, where we discuss RPM. Rapid prompting method, a system of communication for non-speakers, just as sign language was a nearly miraculous breakthrough for the deaf. So RPM has been a nearly miraculous breakthrough by the grace of God in terms of being able to communicate for non-speakers. Before my niece was eight years old, we didn't even know her favorite color. Now, because of RPM, we know that she's a comprehensive genius who's skilled in composing music, skilled at mathematics, even those foreign languages. We would have known none of these things if it wasn't for RPM. You can envision, or maybe you can't, but try to put yourself in the shoes of someone who's unable to speak and you're in this world that is almost like, uh, feels like a prison of silence. And RPM is the tool by which that lock is unlocked and the prison cell is opened and you're in this world of open communication. My niece tells us how she used to long to have conversations with her family, but before RPM, she was unable to do that. Imagine the level of sadness there, the level of frustration. And so many people are still experiencing this. That's why they need RPM. So please get this information to the friends and the family of any um, who have non-speakers in their family. Once again, helping autism through learning and outreach available on the web at halo-soma.org and tune into episodes 277 and 548 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Thank you so much for listening and please tune in again tomorrow. Goodbye and God love you.